Welcome back to another episode of the Act with Alina podcast, bringing activism into your daily life, one conversation at a time. Today, I have a dear friend who I know from uh, college at Washington State University. Um, and it, so Alethea is going to be on the podcast today. And I really wanted to talk with her specifically about her experience um, with her work in equity, engagement, and an allyship, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So a little bit about Alethea before we get started. Um, Alethea has a double bachelor's degree in critical culture, gender, and race studies, and women's studies with, get this, two minors in pop culture and human development. Um, and then after she graduated, as I'm sure you can probably understand, um, she took a little while just to really work on her mental health and, you know, getting used to life after college from all of that hard work that she did. Um, and then recently, just, well, I guess two years ago, she started working at a nonprofit called Better Health Together here in Spokane, Washington. Um, and she was first work there as an assistant, um, but quickly turned into a promotion to program coordinator for equity and engagement. Um, and so she is now working for uh, the nonprofit Better Health Together. And um, I think that really transitions into the conversation we're going to have today. So welcome, Alethea, to the Act with Alina podcast. Thank you so much, Alina. I'm really excited and I appreciate uh, just being invited. So just thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored that you are willing to come on the episode and talk about this really, really meaningful topic. Alethea and I were talking ahead of this too, just about the importance of having these conversations and the willingness to grow. And, and Alethea said too, like, you're, you know, you should never be done growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. So what, what made you decide to get into the work you're doing now? Um, and, and what made you decide on your degree, your double degree, double minor, all of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just start with like my degree. I think, um, yeah, going into college, like, I think I, I was trying to figure out what I was passionate about, um, which I think some people can, relate to when it comes to just going to college in general. I think uh, just trying to, there's so much pressure, I think, around trying to figure out what, what it is that you want to do and what it is that you want to be. And so um, I quickly, <laughs> freshman year, I think I I changed my, uh, I changed my path probably like three times, uh, three or four times, um, just within the first semester. Uh, so you can imagine my academic counselor was very like, okay, like we have to figure something out. But I was just so determined uh, <laughs> to pick something because I was like, I can't waste my time. I can't waste money. Uh, I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us have been there as well. <laughs> yeah. So there was just like a lot of pressure. And so um, I took uh, my first class uh, around like ethnic studies and I just completely fell in love uh, and was just like, oh, a light bulb hit there was just this passion and I was just like, yep, this is it. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it necessarily, but I don't care at this point. I just want to 
pursue this um, and see where it takes me. And so uh, with that, I just like, I just didn't slow down. I just was like, I want to take every class. And so it was, it was just really cool uh, to kind of just be a part of a department that um, was just so, just so uh, real about the world that we live in and um, just a space where, you know, you can actually learn about, you know, history, but also, you know, how things, how history is impacting the, the like present and, and, and how we um, have a responsibility to, you know, make this world like better. Um, So Mm -hmm. it just was great. And so (laughs) from that, it just, again, it just turned into all the just summers of just wonderful classes. And um, once I graduated, it was kind of like, wow, like didn't realize I was going to have all these different minors and stuff, but it kind of all made, made sense. Cause I feel like everything was just a reflection of all the things that I'm passionate about. And so um, from there, I was kind of like, yep, need a break. And then um, I think in that space where I was trying to discover myself and, uh, you know, just love myself in um, just figuring out life and being an adult, uh, which is hard. Um, I, yeah, I was just, you know, working at coffee shops and things like that and volunteering at soup kitchens and, you know, things like that. And then, yeah, Better Health Together just kind of fell in my lap. I wasn't really looking for it. I was like unemployed for probably a week and I had come to a place where I was like, okay, maybe I just need to reevaluate some things uh, and not get so anxious. Cause I, I think I was nervous. Cause I was like, I'm unemployed for the first time, like in like ever. Um, Cause even while I was in college, I was working. And so um, then better health together kind of just popped up. Um, and I think it's, it's important to always like, just knowing people is super important because I don't think if I knew certain people that this job would have probably came my way. And so um, I got the opportunity to be an assistant and it was great because it got my feet wet and just kind of starting to understand what the nonprofit world I think is. Cause I was like, I don't really, I'm not super familiar with the nonprofit world, <laughs> but uh, it just kind of opened my like eyes to, you know, what that world is um, and the different, uh, you know, things that come come out of it. Um, and so that was really cool. And then that quickly turned into, yeah, I am now the program coordinator for equity and engagement, which was uh, just a super cool opportunity. Um and I just, I still feel really humbled by it just because, uh, you know, I was an assistant. And so it just meant a lot to me that somebody in leadership saw that there was much more uh, to me than just an assistant and was just like, yo, like she, her background, like requires much more like, you know, you know, space and like used for, um, just like great work. So I just feel really like humbled and honored to be in this role and just recognizing that there's a lot of work to do that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I am the only person of color on the um, equity team 
uh, that's a part of uh, the nonprofit that I work for. And so um, there's a lot that has to be done, but um, it, it has to start somewhere. So I just, I think I'm just now really beginning my, I guess, I guess job of just what my future is going to look like. And so um, I'm in the learning process, which I think should just let people know that like, uh, just to be patient with yourself, I think, and to just be gracious because um, you just, you you just never know when an opportunity is going to come really. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I'm 26. So there was definitely this pressure that I think society gives you. And sometimes you get it from family or whatever friends or just the evil, you know, notion of like, just always wanting to compare yourself to everybody. Uh, So I think that, you know, I guess I just want to encourage people to remember that everybody has their own journey uh, and it's not gonna, like there, there is no like right, way like honestly um and to just be mm-hmm. to just be patient because like honestly I, I was struggling for a, a while because I was like nobody prepares you for post-college uh, oh no <laughs> no I think a lot of us struggle with that right yeah, of yeah. knowing what the hell we're gonna do and exactly. the transition after college because you go from being in this tight-knit community of mm-hmm. these like people that you've been with and surrounded with and lived with for the past four years yeah, yeah. you then come into the real I, I I hate to call it the real world because <laughs> all of it's real right but you come into you know the post-college in your career world and um it is a lot different I mean there's beauty in it absolutely and and in fact that I think both of us have expressed prior to this you know to this recording that we are both doing better than we've ever done oh my gosh and we're so grateful right but you know it was it took me probably two years after college to really feel like I was in my niche community, uh, niche niche (laughs) community and, and feel like I was doing something that really was meaningful to me. Um, and so when you got into this job, what, what sorts of, what is part of this job for you? Like what makes you love it so much? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think what's been so rewarding for me, um, is like giving the giving the I guess privilege and uh opportunity to just make spaces that like aren't normally like there um in 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 spaces where you know you're you know just talking about health issues or talking about policies that are being made or I'm talking about, you know, health insurance. Like, I I think what's been awesome is that I've been able to bring a perspective that has never been really invited or kind of, um, yeah, like, welcomed. Um, And so with that being said, I I think, um, you know, being, being able to help facilitate and build out and um, make you know, certain workshops um, that are focused on, you know, talking about why race matters or, you know, that focus on the importance 
of like understanding privilege, um, understanding implicit biases and microaggressions and Mm -hmm. um, just like really diving into like real like equity 101 type stuff where it's like, okay, like we need to talk about just basic definitions to like build a foundation for like people to build off of so that they have the right tools to then, you know, take and educate others and to hold other people um, to a standard um, that actually, you know, um, pushes change, right? And so Mm -hmm. um, it's been really cool as a woman of color, I think, to just bring my own experiences and perspective and to um, help make space for um, just people of color in general to, you know, share and talk and, um, you know, say what's important. Um, Because I think uh, in the past, um, that has not been invited, especially when talking about healthcare. Um, And so, yeah, and, and now I have these amazing, like, virtual spaces that I started last year um, for, you know, Black people, but then also just like all Black, Indigenous, and people of color uh, to Mm -hmm. just have a space to just talk about their experiences, um, to talk about what barriers that they're experiencing, to even talk about what what do they need, um, and to also just like vent and reflect and just say like, hey, I'm not okay. Uh, and for that to be okay. Um, so it's been, it's been cool to kind of, uh, I don't want to say that I'm, (laughs) I'm the reason why, you know, things are happening. Cause I, I, I recognize that, uh, I am just a person that, you know, is trying to do a lot of, you know, work just as much as like so many amazing leaders here in Spokane have done so much work and so much, like so many things that have like even um, given me the space and the like time to even do what I do now. So um, yeah, I just, I think I just appreciate it because um, it's, it's challenging me to Mm -hmm. grow. Um, It's holding me even to a standard that, um, I think I was not being held to before, um, because, you know, I was just sticking to my own bubble of folks, but it's like forced me to step out and say, no, like I can make an impact. And so, um, now I have this platform to actually do that. So, um, what am I doing to make sure that, um, other people have the same, opportunities and can use their voice in spaces that are typically like not for people of color um so yeah I love that I love that so that I mean that kind of leads me into my next question of you know how do you feel about just this past year of so many white people waking up to the reality of racism mm-hmm. um, and that and that injustices and inequity is still very much present and real. How has that experience shaped, you know, your job and who you are and how you move through the world? 
Yeah, I love that question. Um, honestly, I think there is a spectrum of emotions <laughs> for for me. Right. Uh, right. There's there is one side of me that is always like you know, it's important for people to be aware, right? Because you can't you can't really help anything uh, if you're not aware of what's going on, right? And so. I'm, I'm always like, yes, like, congratulations. That is awesome that you are aware of something that has been a reality um, in this country for centuries. Uh, so that's like huge. That's, that's like great. But I'm, I'm also always pushing people to go beyond that now. And I'm like, okay, so what's next for you? Like, what, what are you going to do about the, about, you know, the very, you know, thing that you just discovered or you just like realized, like, what is, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? Because what, what is happening and what I'm experiencing a lot is that, you know, people are waking up, um, so to speak, to the fact that racism is a thing. Um, but <clears throat> there are still so many people who, are just not really doing anything. Like I, I, I think it's just kind of like, yeah, like racism is real. Wow, that's that's terrible. But then it's like people are still able to move on with their lives um, and continue as they were doing. And so, I think for me, I've been just paying close attention to how people are responding to the realities um, of just injustice um and really seeing you know if people are um actively you know trying to uh cause you know like positive change um or are people just kind of like just hopping on the bandwagon um because it's hot now and um Mm -hmm. not 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 really not really risking anything really not 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 really stepping out of their you know bubble of privilege to um, actually help and make an impact. Um, so yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing for me. I I think I I was upset because I was just like I just the <laughs> the fact that you know people are still so surprised by certain things. It's just it mm-hmm. blows my mind. But then I have to always remind myself is like. That's the that's the beauty of privilege, you know, like that. Right. Like you get to be in this bubble and you don't even have to be aware or even think about anything outside of your bubble of, you know, privilege. Right. And so um, I, I, I always have to check myself and go, you know, but that's that's like the definition uh, of privilege is like not having to um, even acknowledge that certain things are happening um, yep. because it doesn't impact you and so because it doesn't impact you like it just doesn't it just doesn't matter and so um I'm 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 learning to extend grace but still hold people accountable mm-hmm. um, yes and so gosh that must be yeah. hard to balance oh my gosh yeah because I mean it's 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 really hard because I think 
the goal for me is to always uh, make sure that there are spaces where people um, can have like good, real conversations that uh, are going to bring up emotions and are going to make you feel uncomfortable. But I, I want people to lean in to their discomfort um, and to be brave because I think that that's the only way that we can have like honest, real, vulnerable conversations. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, what have been some, I've heard a lot of what you're saying too of, okay, and now that I know all this, you know, what can I real, like, what can I really do to help make more progress for this cause? And, and, and what can I do to help prevent racism or microaggressions or promote equity? What are some ways that you have found that are the best ways for anyone and specifically white people who have the privilege of being white and not having this be a part of their internal subconscious all the time right yeah um what have been some things that have that you have seen that are awesome ways to continue learning and growing yeah for sure um yeah I think the biggest thing is like to educate yourself I think uh to always to always put yourself in a uh, you know, mind mindset and like space where you are always open to like learning. And so like what, what, what that means to me is like, you know, you are open to being, you know, taught things and, and, and you are like open to people, you know, telling you like when things that you've said or done or, are are, you know, wrong or, that really just like, you know, causes harm, but also like taking it upon yourself to do your own, you know, research and, um, to educate yourself. Um, and I think once, once you've done that, then it's like challenging yourself to go past that. Right. So like after you've, you know, learned all these things, right. All, all these terms, you've read all these books, you've, watched so many films right like you've you've gone to so many meetings you've even gone to a lot of you know public places where people are like just like out on the streets you know marching and you know fighting for what for what is right um right. I I think pushing past that and, and saying like okay like what else can I do um at the place that I work, you know, like how, how am I challenging, you know, people who are in positions of power, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Asking, asking the tough questions, right? Like using, using your position, using your platform, using your whiteness to challenge like the status quo, to like challenge the structures um, that are literally like embedded within inst- institutions and organizations and um, asking the tough questions like, you know, why, why, why is our, you know, hiring practices the way that they, they are? How come, you know, leadership is all occupied by only white people? 
how come, Mm -hmm. you know, like just, just really putting yourself in a space where, you know, it requires you to take a risk, but recognizing that because of your privilege, because of your whiteness, like you're not really losing anything. Like you're not losing your privilege by speaking up. Right. And by, and, and by challenging, you know, people who are in these like very powerful roles. Right. Um, And one of the things this is, it's been something that, um, you know, unfortunately has only really been something that I've really opened my eyes up to, you know, since the murder of George, George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I wish I could say that it was before then that I really felt the, that I really had a better understanding, but honestly, I, that, that would be a lie. Um, I, ever since that and the movement and the, the outpouring of anger and the response, it just, it was so monumental that, you know, you couldn't get on Instagram without only seeing things about George Floyd and the, and Breonna Taylor, just the injustices that were happening throughout the world. You couldn't, you couldn't be anywhere. You couldn't miss it. And that was revolutionary for me and my learning and my understanding. And I think that it has helped shape the way that not only how I work in my personal life, but also how I do my job. Yeah. You know, a lot of my job is social media, our digital presence, our Mm -hmm. website, and are, are we accurately, are, are we, are we openly using images, using people, real life people who are not white, who are, um, you know, part of a marginalized community, right? Right. right? right. Who, who are, who are, uh, people that we can better serve. Right. Because right. Spokane, I mean, gosh, Spokane is such a white city, yes. right? It's pr- primarily white. Mm-hmm. And so what can we do to actively get into communities of color yeah. to black communities, indigenous communities, right. and really help ourselves or not help ourselves to, to help these, to help our organization grow in this area that we are currently lacking. Right. And it's been a real big movement that we've worked on. You know, are we promoting job opportunities in these communities? How are we putting out our digital presence? All of these things, it's a well-rounded effort that it's a multi-layer effort. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that has just been so fascinating for me to learn this past year. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I think a lot of people worry, a lot of white people worry about saying the wrong thing. Mm. Oh. And how, how would you recommend navigating through that difficult emotion for yeah. white people? Yeah, to, sure. To, in order to continue having these conversations and taking these risks that are well worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I hate to break it to every, you know, white person, but the the reality is, is that you're, you're gonna mess up. Uh, you're gonna say the wrong thing sometimes. Um, and you're not alone in that. Um, I, I have to say that as a, as a black woman, um, I am constantly being, um, I, I have great people around me from, you know, like, just all different, you know, 
ethnic backgrounds that are constantly uh, <laughs> shaping me and like helping me to make sure that I am uh, constantly growing, right? Um, and with that comes, you know, being told like, hey, that wasn't the right way to say things, right? And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that when it comes to, you know, these, you know, fighting racial injustice, right? And trying to, you know, make sure that you're looking at life through a equitable lens um you're you're you you have to be okay with making mistakes um you have to be okay with being told like hey that that wasn't that wasn't uh right uh that was actually really hurtful um um you you have to be okay with um just being told that you know you need to do better uh right so um I think in the work that I do, I think it's been it's been cool to kind of have those types of uh, just just have those different um, experiences with uh, white people from I mean all different you know roles like whether they're in the public school systems or they're in the behavioral health or they're in the housing you know you know area or just in the just in health in general for um just Spokane I think it's been really cool to kind of uh make sure that people understand that you you can't do this work without um just being uncomfortable and with without accepting the fact that um, you're gonna mess up, and that this is this is a process, right? Which means that it's gonna keep like this work doesn't stop, and so you have to, you know, mm -hmm. decide like you you have to make a real choice and decide that hey, like I am going to dedicate my my life to uh, fight uh, for what is right recognizing that I'm going to make mistakes, recognizing that I don't know it all, recognizing that um, a part of this journey is learning. Um, and a part of this journey is, you know, being okay with being uncomfortable. Um, because the reality is, is that people of color, we don't know what, we don't have the luxury, I guess, of like really being able to say that you know, we are just so darn just, we are just so cozy and we are just chill. Like we mm -hmm. living in discomfort is like a norm. So um, just wanting to invite all of my uh, wonderful, you know, lovely white brothers and sisters to just lean into that and to just like be brave. Like I can't emphasize that like anymore like because I don't know it's just it's it's right. necessary when it comes to this to this work like you right you you have to know that like it's gonna be hard like none of this is easy and so you have to make a choice to like say yeah I know this is gonna be hard it's going to challenge me it's gonna stretch me um mm -hmm. but, but I'm okay with that because 
I understand that the human, you know, lives, um, that, that human lives like really do matter. And I'm actually, um, serious when it comes to, you know, fighting for just basic human rights for people that don't look like me. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, that's kind of what I tell people like all, all the time is to just really lean in and to just be, be brave, man. Like don't, don't shy away or don't, don't, don't run away. Like when it, when it gets tough or when it gets really like weird, like, no, like that's, those are the moments when you, you rise up more and you push Mm. and you put past because those are the moments that you will gain the trust from people of color. You will, you will be respected, but that even, that even shouldn't even be your like goal really. But it's just like, those, those are the moments where it really, really matters is when you push past um, your level of, you know, just feeling discomfort, you know? So yeah, I, it, this is all reminding me of one of my favorite quotes that says, be brave enough to be bad at something new. Yeah. Being bad at something is vulnerable and can be embarrassing. Right, right, right. And that's why it takes bravery to do this work. Right. And it's not work that people, what I'm hearing you say is it's not work that people can pick and choose, pick up, put down whenever right. they want, right. right? Because these experiences, these lived experiences from our Black, Indigenous, people of color communities, our BIPOC communities are being it's causing discomfort all the time. Right, right. And so this, this work has to be a lifestyle. Right. And, and this is something I'm, I'm really waking up to. And I just, I want to lift your voice to lift other voices up so that people can realize that we are all humans and we all deserve so much love and comfort and joy and, mm-hmm. and places at the table. Right. And in order to get there based on our history, we have to pay more attention to our marginalized communities because of they have been historically discriminated against. Right. Yeah. And that's a great point. Cause I, I think, I also want to just like, (laughs) like there's, I feel like people, you know, there's, there's this idea that like, we don't need one another, which I think is so frustrating because I'm like, we actually do. And so, um, like there, there's no work that can be done like by yourself, you know? And so like we need one another, you know? And, um, I think the more that we can recognize that um, and like realize that uh, it's going to take everyone (laughs) um, to begin to dismantle these structures um, and these systems of oppression that has been literally like embedded into everything that this country was built on. Like, I, I, it's, it's, it's really difficult to uh, expect like a lot of change because, um, you know, everybody has to recognize that they, they, they have power, um, 
and uh, they they can use it, you know, for mm-hmm. for a positive change. So yeah, yeah, I so agree. I'm one of the things I've been doing recently is really I've been turning inwards mm-hmm. to better understand like what my purpose is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and a lot of it comes down to oneness this word oneness keeps coming into my head right and how we can work within our oneness and within our differences absolutely Mm -hmm. to create that oneness right right? because we're not I mean it would be so it would be so boring to have a a, the everyone be the exact same right Right. I love that people are different right and I still feel like we can be one it within we can be within our oneness right this right. overarching oneness within our differences absolutely yeah so kind of taking it back to what you were saying how how your work is in equity yeah can you kind of define what the difference between equity and equality is yeah for sure yeah i think um when we're talking about both of those terms, uh, it's interesting because when I first was introduced to the term um, equity, honestly, I was like, wait, what? Like, I thought that was equality. Hold on. Like, I'm like, wait, is this like a new word that we're like replacing? Because um, I think for so long, I think that my idea of equality was actually not the reality like of of what I think society was viewing it as or using it as um and so I've I've come to learn that equality is often um equated to to a fairness and and sameness right and so because of that I think there's this um miss conception right that we all have the same needs right and so therefore like we just have to offer the same freaking solution and it's like that's not that doesn't work for everyone right and so right because equality is operating under the assumption that everyone's the same right and And that and so you're giving everyone the same you're, you're you're being equal in the amount that you're giving people right but but you're not taking into consideration the differences that everybody has exactly which then leads to equity and how equity is more based on access right and opportunity I would say because um you are beginning to understand that every person you know starts with different advantages right but they also have disadvantages and so because of that um people have different needs right um that that have to be met in order for them to obtain access and um, any opportunity really when we are talking about equity we have to recognize that equity needs power and it needs resources and it needs like social responsibility to work as like one so that changes can actually be be made right um with yep. within like all all of the structures 
so that you can actually make space and and make room for people to have like all of the opportunities right and Mm -hmm. to just be who they are right um and so what that means is like recognizing all all of the disparities um and recognizing all of the gaps that are um in institutions and systems that are you know even decided by you know if you can you know if if english is your first language or not or you know depending on your environment even um and how much money you make um there's 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 so many ways that society has left out uh people based on just i mean all all the things uh right and so equity is again it's very very hard but it is so necessary and it's essential for us to make change um in the lives of those who have been you know deemed as less than from the very beginning uh and so that's like I guess my my long answer (laughs) (laughs) well I think I it kind of reminds me of this image that I saw the other day that was like the difference between equality and equity. Right. And it's that it's like, um, I've seen a couple of different images, but this image in particular was of a tree and it had apples on the tree. Mm-hmm. And these three people were trying to pick up, you know, pick an apple from the tree. Mm-hmm. And one of them was in a wheelchair. One of them was a, um, you know, was tall and could reach on their own. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a child, right? And mm-hmm. so you just, you have obviously like the child and the person on the wheelchair are not going to be able to reach the tree just naturally. So they're going to need basically these boosts up. Right. And that's what equity is in order to provide the same opportunity. So everyone can pick an apple. You have to lift people up who are less privileged or who have less ability or less opportunity than other people to be able to then pick the apples and have that same equal experience. Right. Which equity doesn't, equity isn't taking anything away, right. From anybody. And I think sometimes, sometimes people can view um, this and say, or like quickly think like, well, what what is it that this person's getting that I'm not getting and it and and it becomes this like focus on like well I just want to make sure that you know I have you know everything that this this person has but it's like recognizing that you don't not every person needs the same thing and that's okay um right what's what's important is to make sure that everybody has um the same access, right? And the same mm-hmm. op- opportunities, regardless of your race, regardless of your sexual orientation, regardless of whether or not you're, you know, disabled or not, regardless if English is your first language or not, regardless of your religious background. Regard like, man, if you if you are a human being and you have a heart that's beating, uh it should not be rocket science uh, to like 
be right. to be on board. Um, but the reality is, is that, you know, learned behavior is super real. Uh, and un- unlearning things is extremely difficult. Um, yes, that's so, so true. Yeah. So you just, you, you have to do the work and you have to be willing to like, look at yourself in the mirror. I always tell people, try to like view it as like ask, asking yourselves, like, how can I love people better now? Like, how can I love people better? You know, the next. I love that. Yeah. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Cause it just, it just, it, it, it shifts your thinking into realizing like that's all this is is like it is challenging us to like love people better and to not you know dismiss people because of their differences you know like so yeah i love that well and and it kind of goes into not only do the work to understand what has happened in the past and like the trauma that our you know, Black, Indigenous, people of color communities, our BIPOC communities have been through, but to also celebrate their joy and their success. Mm-hmm. I, I know that you've been sharing about that recently, and we yeah. talked a little earlier about how we can lift up Black voices, people of color, and and celebrate and and their joy and yeah. and their success. What are ways that uh, that we can continue to do that as well, in addition to? Yeah, I love that question because it's something that, um, yeah, as a Black woman, I think that's something that I'm constantly uh, having to uh, learn about um, because I'm unlearning a lot of um, just behaviors and these notions that I think have been kind of forced upon me. Um, and it's, it's black history month. And so, uh, (laughs) I think it's been a challenge for me to even make sure that I'm constantly, uh, remembering all of the like joy, right. Um, Mm -hmm. and all of the amazing things that, uh, my people have just done historically and and currently um Mm. and to give myself permission to celebrate those things uh without being concerned about you know how other people feel so I would say that um a lot of that has to do with like knowing knowing the history like I think and also like (laughs) show some, like, be, just show some interest in, you know, what, what is going on in your own city, how you can be helpful and useful, right, and um, just be an ally, be, just be a person that is constantly, you know, wanting to grow, I'm constantly wanting to like help um being being an NAACP member I think is one of the best ways I think because uh you get informed about what's going on but I also think like it it puts you in a space where you are you are surrounding yourself with people who are different 
different yeah. than you. And so it requires you, you know. Right. Can you be a member of the NAACP if you are white? Yes, you can. That's like one of the misconceptions. I feel like people think like, well, I'm white, so I can't be a member. It's like, again, uh, we need each other. Um, And so uh, there is no like discrimination of, you know, being uh, being an NAACP like member. If, if you are in the interest of the human rights of, you know, BIPOC folks, um, you should be a member. Um, That's awesome. I I didn't know that. I haven't really done a lot of research for the Spokane chapter of the NAACP yet. Um, And so that's really good for me to know because this is something I'm very passionate about learning more about. So I I personally am going to look into that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we have an amazing president um, of that chapter here. Um, she is just amazing. Uh, she, I love that. She's my mentor. So she is just, I mean, she's just amazing. And she's so uh, about working together. Um, she doesn't believe, mm. she does not believe in any sort of division. And um, yeah, so I would encourage that. And the MLK Center, um, there's just so many opportunities to like help like they have a food bank they have I mean there's so many programs that if you just look on their websites too it's just there's there's so many ways that you can help um and help is help is needed you know like we right they are they are working hard to you know make sure that you know families are getting fed like the fact that there are still people in Spokane uh who struggle to know when their next meal is that's like troubling in so many different ways um and especially you know we're in a pandemic so it's like that's even more it's just it's just scary and it's very uh it's just very sad and so like there there's so many different programs and I can I can just send you a list of all of the orgs that are here That'd be great in Spokane. Um, but yeah, just so amazing. So many, different, yeah. so many different ways. So I just think I love that. That's Im- important, like to really first look at your city uh, and go, hey, like, who can I talk to? Or what are some orgs that, you know, are like really about, you know, helping BIPOC folks and how can I be a part of it? We have the native project as well that's amazing um and they do so many amazing things like making sure that the vaccine for covid is accessible to you know bipoc folks which is amazing and uh so i mean i i literally can go on and on like i there's mm, so many different i love that resources so that's well i yeah. i would love for you to share that so that i can post about it yeah. um Yeah, I would love that because I think people are just craving, people who are doing this work are craving opportunities to continue doing this work, to dive deeper, like you said earlier, and to really find opportunities to help our community grow. And, and so I, I, I think that's going to be super helpful for a lot of people. And yeah, I, I just, I think what you have to say and your experiences are so meaningful and we just need to hear 
them more. We need to hear black women, black men telling their stories and and listen, you know, listening to people who are willing to share their stories. And, and that means so much that you would come on today and talk with the, uh, with me so that we can share this with the community. So Alethea, if people wanted to connect with you, how would they continue following along your journey? Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. Cause it made me realize like, Oh, like people actually want to probably connect with me. <laughs> so, um, right. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I am on Facebook. Um, surprisingly enough, cause I don't have an Instagram, uh, that might change maybe in the future. Who knows? It depends on, it just depends on some, some things, but, um, Alethea Sheree Dumas, uh, A-L-E-T-H-E-A and then S-H-A-R-E-A and then Dumas, D-U-M-A-S on Facebook. You can follow me there if you'd like. Um, I am always available for emails. Like I have um, Alethea at betterhealthtogether.org or my personal email, alethea.dumas at yahoo.com. I am pretty responsive to people who send me emails um, that just want to talk um, or want some resources or uh, whatever the case may may be. Um, yeah, I'm very open to people reaching out. So that's how you can stay connected with me. Uh, that's how you can find out, I guess, stuff that I'm working on. Um, you can also go to the Better Health Together website uh, org, But yeah, I would say that's probably, that's as much as I got. I don't have anything fancy. Uh, that's perfect. I love that. You don't need anything fancy. I think the biggest thing is that um, we just have the opportunity to reach out to people because as, you know, as a white woman, I want to make sure that I don't also overstep and make people feel obligated to tell, to talk about the, the, racism, discrimination, and their experience if they don't have the energy or capacity or want to do so. So I really have appreciated since the beginning how you are like, yes, this is something I'm willing to talk about. Feel free to communicate with me, to ask me questions, um, because then that enables me to, you know, ask, be really, be really, um, brave and ask difficult questions but knowing that you'll come at it from such a loving place and and same with me like I will be asking you know I'll ask questions from a loving place so I think that's always important and like you said earlier how can we share more love how can we come at things from a a place of love yeah and and so I really appreciate it and I know the listeners will as well that's great I'm yeah I just I love it and I think it's important. We got to spread more love and recognize that with, with this work, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna require some, gonna require some, some growth and growth is always, growth is always hard, but it's, it's necessary. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Alethea. Um, and of course, everyone who's listening, please make sure that you're following the act with Lena podcast on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook, Act With Alina, 
and uh, directly on the website. You can engage with me there. You can contact me there or through social media if you have any questions. Um, the website is actwithalina.com. And um, please, uh, if you'd like to leave a review if you liked this episode, which I'm sure so many people will, and if you liked other episodes as well. So thank you so much, and we will see you soon. Yeah.